Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. You know, the insurance industry is really resistant to innovation. The modern insurance industry was largely developed in the 17th and 18th century, and it's not changed a whole lot since then. Oh, the, the tools have changed. Insurance is sold very differently today. Risks are better understood and better quantified, better measured. And the emergence of a global reinsurance market has made the system far more stable. But the way insurance works from your point of view, from the way you and I see it, things have changed very little over the past hundred years. Most of the change in the industry is driven by regulatory changes rather than entrepreneurial innovation. And for insurance, I've got to say, I'm pretty much okay with that. Insurance firms need to remain solvent for decades, theoretically forever. And the fail-fast, fail-forward philosophy doesn't really work when it comes time to pay out life insurance or after a natural disaster. And yet, there needs to be a way to innovate. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Kazuyahata, or Kazi, as his friends call him, is the founder and CEO of Just In Case. Just In Case offers insurance over the smartphone, and the first product they're insuring is your smartphone itself. Just In Case then uses artificial intelligence to analyze your usage profile and your social connections to determine the premium you should be paying. We also talk about the next logical step for smartphone-based insurance, being able to insure specific activities or possessions at will, maybe just for a few hours or while you're on a trip. The cell phone interface and the personal rich data which we continuously share about ourselves online, whether we know it or not, allows companies to build up a personalized risk profile and both offer customized and flexible products and replace the amount of fraudulent claims. But you know, Kazi tells this story much better than I can. So let's get right to the interview. So I'm sitting here with Kazi Hata of Just In Case, who offers not only insurance on your cell phone, but actually sells insurance on the cell phone. Does that make sense? Uh, that's, that's actually right, yes. Well, well, thanks for sitting down with me. Yeah. Okay, well, let, let's talk about your product. You're offering basic cell phone repair insurance for 200 yen a month, right? Well, at the very cheapest, yes, and that's after the discount, but we have about 30% on average discount. It can be as low as 200 yen to maybe 400 yen. So that seems like it's, it's cheaper than Apple Care, but more expensive than like manufacturer's warranties. Right, right, right. Because manufacturer's warranty for the first 12 months is normally comes without any cost. Okay. And are you insuring customers only at the point where they buy the product? Or are you insuring them, if someone's had their phone for three years and wants to get insurance, will you sell them insurance? 
Yeah, we are we are open to both cases, uh, brand new, of course, and also we will uh, definitely accept the the second hand older smartphone. But our policy currently is only up to iPhone 5s. So iPhone 4, iPhone 3, that's too old. So we will not accept. Oh, I see. So anything 5s or later. Yes, you know, 5s or later. How many years ago was the 5s? Like. Three years or four or maybe five years. Oh, okay. Yeah, something very, yeah. So it's so effectively everything. So tell me about your customers. Are you selling to companies that are managing lots of phones? Are you selling to individuals? Right. Our first product, definitely, uh, well, we want women, definitely, but our first product uh, will be. Uh, Definitely bought by a man like late 20, 30, 40, maybe 50. Those are somebody like somebody who goes to the MVNO, uh, not like SoftBank, Docomo, which costs like 10,000 yen per month, right. but it, it can be lower, like one third. Like. And that's just because it's, it's less expensive? It's, yeah, it's less expensive and it can cover the, the second-hand or older smartphone, mm -hmm. not only brand new one. Because typically, like Apple Care only accept something so uh, brand new or like 15 days old. Okay. Well, listen, before we dive into the real details of the business model, let's, let's talk about you for a minute. Sure. So... You founded Just In Case with your co-founders in 2016, mm. but before that you were an actuary at Milliman, right? Right, right, right. That's where I started my career, yes. Yeah, and your, your technical co-founder also worked with you at insurance companies as well, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was actually my uh, client at that time. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. But we know each other like 10 years. But it, it seems to me like... like um, I've used, I used to work in insurance. Right. And I know a lot of actuaries. And actuaries tend to be very conservative people. They tend to be risk averse in general. What made you decide to start a company? Mm, right, that's a good question. I wanted to be a mathematician when I was 18 years old. I thought I am the most genius person in the world. Then I go to the, went to the university and everybody wants to be a mathematician. Everybody is a lot more smarter than me. Yes, okay. So I need to do something different. Otherwise, why am I here? So uh, since then, uh, about 20 years ago, my strategy of my life is do something different if you think I can do it. So I have uh, you know, insurance knowledge, insurance uh, experience. Oh, okay, insure tech. Maybe that's what I'm doing for the next few years. Okay, but again, what, what made you decide to start a company? How did you, you know, mathematically look at, you know, these are the risks, these are the rewards. Now it's time to, to start. Well, you know, it is a lot easier, uh, like 10 years ago when the LifeNet was created. Uh, now it's more common to have a startup uh, and funded by VCs or angels. Right now it's a lot easier, even me two years ago when I was thinking or was, you know, Google it and then everybody's doing outside of Japan, but not in Japan. Why not? I like to do something nobody's doing. Okay. Let's talk about your app, which is really kind of the center of the product. So the app actually uses AI technology to, to track the user's interaction with the phone. Mm -hmm. 
and determine their risk level and their insurance premium. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What exactly does it monitor? Well, it monitors based on whatever you've allowed us to get. And such information includes like general accelerator uh, sensors information or uh, steps you walk today, distance you walked or you moved. Uh, and then we analyze the data, uh, not one by one, but as a group, a policyholder group. And then we categorize them as a risky or less risky. And do you use like GPS location information? We do use that uh, when it's necessary, yes. Okay. yes. And what about things like social connections? Right, uh, we, uh, yeah, we are in the middle of a filing process to the Japanese FSA, which is a regulator. But we don't plan to use that initially because it's more complex. I just think that'd be really interesting. But I, mean, I would imagine that your social network would be very strong indicators in, towards your creditworthiness, mm-hmm, your, mm-hmm. your stability with the, the phone, right? Right, 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 yeah, yeah. If you are using every day, and if you are not, that's obvious you are not. There's an insurance business law is quite strict that insurance premium has to be a, a fair among the users. That's where we think we are very strong at. You mentioned you haven't rolled that out yet. Do you think there'll be resistance to that kind of idea? People being judged based on who their friends are or who their connections are? Do you think that Japanese people will accept that as a good thing or do you think that they will resist it as kind of a privacy invasion? Uh, yes, I, it's, it's potentially quite controversial, but probably we don't use that information, only that information, but uh, we use multiple information. So in this smartphone insurance case, we don't use that information, but people might think, you know, this uh, dynamic pricing concept, they might not like it, but uh, we're trying very hard to make it more better for most of the people. Uh, so if you give us some kind of data, to have a reason that you or deserve, you deserve to the lower price. Mm-hmm. It's not an extremely big deal, but we want to go beyond that. So like, like healthiness, if you like steps, you know, if you okay. walk a lot, you'll be healthier. So that's where we want to go. But in terms of the, the flow of your relationship with the customer, when, when someone first signs up mm-hmm. to get the insurance, yeah. you don't have any of that data. You don't have their, you know, their tracking data. We have nothing. Yeah, so how, how do you set the premium? Yes, we achieved that via non-claim discount. So our first uh, product, smartphone insurance, is three-month uh, insurance period. Normally, insurance is like one year or whole life, but say one year. But we will only give them about non-claim discount amount at the end of the period, which is three months. So non-claim discount means uh, if you didn't claim this three-month one period, you will have this amount of discount next period. Okay, so when people first sign up, they get a, a fixed premium based on uh, basically the phone they're yeah. insuring. And then does their premium change month to month or does it change only after that, that first three-month period is over? After three-month period. So the first three-month period, our AI will judge how risky you are and then that riskiness will be uh, determining for the next three months discount amount. But discount amount will be changing every three months. All right. Three months is, is very short by insurance standards. 
But, right. But do you do you see a time where people would be able to buy insurance for a few hours or a few days mm-hmm. rather than rolling three month periods? I mean, yep. let's say, okay, I'm going on a trip and I just want my, yep. my cell phone insured swipe that I'm insured. Do you, yes. do you see that happening? It is a company, it's actually our, our first product, smartphone. You know, you use smartphone, if you use smartphone, you're gonna use every day, every second, right? Um, but our first product, smartphone insurance is rider, will be a one day on demand insurance for your belongings. So your camera, your watch, your glasses, pretty much anything that can be repaired with a cost uh, can be insured. We don't provide a huge amount of risk, but that's coming when we officially open our business. And also afterward, as you said, a protection for yourself, like an injury, uh, will be provided like a 24 hours basis. Okay. I mean, that would really be a radical change in the yes. insurance industry in Japan. Yes. Let's talk about your uh, P2P insurance pools, because I think it's a, a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. So can you explain how they work? Yeah. We think that's exactly where the insurance concept is coming from. So you have a contract with us just in case as an individual, but you can connect with your friends in our app. Uh, by sending like invitation code, and then you and your friends will share the risk and return of the insurance. So risk and return is basically, you know, return is your discount amount, as we talked about, and then risk is uh, when you claim uh, or your friend claim. So if you do some kind of fraud claim, my discount will be gone. So in, in this mechanism, um, people will. Uh, help each other and then that that the number of the pool or f- people friend will be maximum 10 people if that's like 10 10 million people or 1 million people then that's normal insurance well yeah actually so would that p2p pool would that be cheaper on your platform than a regular insurance yes that's why our prices are a lot cheaper we are confident we can do that that's kind of unusual because going back to actuarial science, mm-hmm. <laughs> any good actuary would tell you that a 10 million person pool oh, right. would allow you to distribute risk and offer much lower premiums right, right. than a 10 person pool, mm-hmm. which would be really risky. Yes, the volatility of the uh, riskness of the, the 10 people versus 1 million. Yes, as you said, that's correct. But we don't do business with only 10 users or insured. But we do do like one million, but you know, we kind of uh, virtually make the pool, all the one million people, as if they have a vir- virtual pool. So our portfolio itself is one million. So it's stable, just like other big insurers. Okay, so the, the pool, the insured pool is really the same size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And basically you're offering a discount for this sort of uh, introduce your friend structure. So are you thinking that is going to be profitable because A, it will lower your cost of customer acquisition as people introduce their friends, or B, friends will pressure each other not to make claims, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, 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 or C, both? For the, uh, <laughs> well, both, both like, but, but the, the, the B it should be a little bit different because uh, we'll, if you really break your smartphone, we encourage you really claim. Right. But 
uh, insurance is always a battle with the insurer, you, you know, because of the fraud. So uh, that, that, that fraud will be extremely uh, lower. Maybe, as you said, maybe just small scar uh, on your phone, you might not uh, claim because you don't want to give a friend uh, trouble, but that's called win-win, right? Yeah, okay. So let's say, yeah, they'll be less likely to claim for little things and have all their friends lose yes. their no-claim discount yes. in the next time. Yeah, it's just like a motor insurance deductible yeah. or your rating. That makes sense. And since these, these P2P pools are, are really just part of a larger pool, mm -hmm. can members join and leave anytime they want or are they... Do they all have to join at the beginning of this three-month period? Uh, anytime. Anytime. So they can yeah. go in and out. Yeah. We are still finalizing how, uh, how it could work, but the entering, uh, it can be anytime. Um, but uh, getting out maybe uh, only when you renew every three months. Uh, yeah, and you want those P2P pools to remain pretty stable because mm -hmm. that's where the social effects yeah. come in, right? That's right. Well, let's talk a, a bit about your, your customer acquisition. Mm -hmm. So it seems that one of the biggest challenges you would have is that most of the people who want to buy insurance for their smartphone, mm -hmm. they do it when they buy their smartphone, yeah, yes, right? Yes. They, they, you know, when, when the people at the SoftBank shop or the, yes. the Apple store are walking them through how to use their phone, they say, oh, well, sign here if you'd like insurance. And, Right. How do you get by that? Because that seems like a really tough challenge. In yes. terms of for this product, we understand that is the biggest challenge. But uh, we would try. Um, first of all, uh, we are talking to uh, MBNO, uh, who is a low-cost uh, carrier, which most of the case does not have uh, the coverage for the older smartphone or repairer itself. We think repairer could give us very risky or individual or risky from the actuarial or insurance perspective but why not and also like second-hand uh, smartphone uh, retailer that that the second-hand smartphone market is almost nil compared to the abroad but in japan it just started so uh, it's uh, it could work what percentage of smartphones are sold through dealers like new phones versus the the second hand more than 90 percent or maybe even 95 percent is the brand new in, in japan uh, i did some questionnaire that says uh, japanese tend to have the older smartphone or uh, the flip phone and like 10 years ago <laughs> still in in the house really for nothing and the smartphone you know the life of the smartphone i used to change every year like iphone 7 iphone 7s but People are keeping it longer. Yeah, now. exactly. Because you don't have to anymore, right? Yeah. It's uh, no upgrade after one year. Huh. But it, it is a challenge because you, you want to sell them insurance at the time of sale. Right. But you have to install the app before you can that, sell that is That is the biggest challenge, yes. In Japan, there is no, almost no uh, preceding example that insurance company forces the user to install the app to <laughs> enter into the contract. Yes, yeah. yes. But we try, we try. Well, that's interesting. And maybe that, that kind of social sales, that social networking, the yes. P2P insurance pools will overcome that. Yes, yes, yes. Particularly if you move into other products besides cell phones. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. 
How big do you think this market is? Uh, from my head, it's about uh, one billion or two billion dollar. That's your, just your Japan. Just Japan. Well, because a lot there's a lot of uh, uh, smartphone, and then uh, about fifty forty percent is insurance. Japan loves insurance. Exactly. Yes. I mean, yes, I, yes. it's. I, I used to work in insurance, and Japan is really overinsured right, from a right, risk right. point of view. Penetration so. is super high globally. <laughs> yes, probably one of the highest. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's better to say Japan loves insurance or Japan hates risk. I guess it's, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, right? right? Risk of risk. <laughs> but that's great for insurance companies. Well, that's right. That's right. But the penetration thing is, I think, more like life insurance. Interestingly, Japan's life insurance profit margin is the world number one. If that's not what number two, I think Hong Kong was number one or two, and the. Both has a long, long uh, living uh, life expect expectancy. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, naturally, it's that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. Japan's a great place to be an insurance company. Mm. So, so what's next after after smartphones? Mm -hmm. I mean, are, are you going to be using this platform to insure other things? Yes. Are you going to be maybe using the mobile platform to sell? Other insurance products to younger generations. Uh, yes, we will be providing only one app, and then we will be also providing some service for free that will um, make it easier for your insurance life. Uh, you know, if you have an insurance product by other insurer or your credit card insurance insurance that comes with a credit card for free. Uh, as you said, it is a very big hurdle for somebody. Let somebody to install the uh, app to get into the contract. So we'll motivate. But I mean, do, do you plan on insuring musical instruments or yeah. televisions or you know game systems? Or yeah, things yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, also our plan. And we want to do something more, maybe fun, uh, like uh, well, well, it's almost like a joke. But uh, if you drink too much and you lost, you lost your last train. And then, well, you want to use your the taxi or you stay? Well, maybe that's possible, right? There's a GPS information. I think we're we're getting into some serious moral hazard. With, <laughs> yes, sure. With that sure. insurance. Yeah, sure. But you know, something like that. that's super extreme. But you know, that kind of insurance never be a fun product. Fun, yeah. fun product. So. Are you considering teaming up with other companies, say one of the traditional life insurance companies, and selling their products through your platform? We are. We've been talking to a big you non know, life insurance company and a life insurance company, both of them. Um, non life mostly because our first product, second product, will be non life. Maybe big insurer sells our product initially might make more sense for both party rather than we sell theirs. Because our customer is a little bit, uh, you know, younger generation, and then their product is maybe a little bit different. And we don't plan to compete with uh, many areas. Maybe we compete very small, minor areas, but right, right. we well, do what they don't want to do. It, it's hard to become a life insurance company. It's right. Anyways, you you need a lot more capital. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Let's talk a bit about Japan mm -hmm. in general. So the FSA seems to be doing a lot to encourage innovation in the financial sector. Uh, 
particularly with banks. So we're, we're seeing a lot of pressure on banks to open up their APIs and, and work with startups. But we don't see a lot of things happening in the insurance industry. I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, in fact, we're, we're still buying an insurance in the same way we have. We've got uh, the same types of products we've had since the 50s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is the FSA also pressuring insurance companies to be more flexible and innovative and work with startups? Or do you find like you're, you're sort of on your own convincing everyone? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do not think strongly that the FSA is really, really pushing the big companies. Just like, you know, say five years ago, they were pushing the company, are you doing ERM, are you doing ALM? But not that much, but they are very uh, seriously considering the digitalization of the insurance already, and not as much as maybe bank side. You know, obviously I've been talking to the FSA, actually different divisions, one is in charge of the innovation, one is in charge of the you know, insurance regulatory supervision, but uh, there are uh, many people and the regulate, regulator that really support us. They're trying to change the regulation, but it just takes years. Have you had to go through all the steps of becoming an insurance company to offer this product, or did you have a more streamlined process with the FSA? Uh, yes, because we are applying for so-called mini-insurance license, uh, which to my best knowledge exists only uh, in Japan, in the developed country. It's a lot less burden or a lot smoother. The only reason, only reason it took about 12 months already for me to finish the uh, process is a P2P concept or app-only concept that was completely new to anyone. But if I was going to do simple insurance, Six months should be enough. Okay. Twelve months to get a new insurance product approved is, is really fast in Japan. <laughs> that's right, yes. It's, uh, yeah, that's not slow. So it sounds like they are encouraging innovation, or at least... Yes, they are very up. supportive. They are very supportive, yes. So before we wrap up, I want to ask you what I call my magic wand question. And that is, if I gave you a magic wand, mm. and I told you that you could change one thing about Japan, <laughs> anything at all, the education system, the legal system, the way people think about risk, anything at all to make things better for startups in Japan, what would you change? I want make a rule or a, 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 remove the rule that everybody can speak on the phone in the train or elevator. Seriously. Okay, this is Seriously. What, 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 what do you mean? So you, you, you want to allow people to start using their phone in the train and elevators? Yes. yes. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It's kind of unique in Japan, right? It's not the same as the US, right? Really? No, the US, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, they'll use their phones on... But why do you want to have people start using their phones on elevators and trains? I think it would drive people nuts. Really? It's more efficient, it's more open to others, and it's, uh, it's well, when I moved to Tokyo, and uh, Tokyo and the West, the Kansai area is also very different, so that makes people more friendly. Hey, go to China, nobody cares, no, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, if that changed, I think everything will be changed. 
Okay, so it's not just gaining a, a few minutes of efficiency on an elevator yeah, or a train. It's, it's something mindset. bigger. Yeah, mindset, of course. <laughs> yes. So what kind of mindset? What, what is the mindset you're, you're looking for? Well, it's, maybe it's contradictory, but that's, uh, they don't care others. And, uh, like in Tokyo, it's the people, uh, some, some people are very energetic, but some people are a little bit too cold or cool. They don't interact with each other. When I moved to Tokyo like 15 years ago, I felt very lonely. Not because I'm lonely, but uh, I was trying to find how to find this place and asking, you know, Google Maps was not, maybe not there yet. Everybody maybe thought I'm just uh, putting uh, tissues. Yeah. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there is this kind of closed-off nature of... Exactly, that's what I want to say. And in fact, okay. In San Francisco, mm. and this was 15 years ago or so, mm. and I, I think this might be what you're kind of getting to. I, I was sitting in a cafe with two of my friends, mm -hmm. and they were discussing a particular problem they were having. Mm. It, I won't go into it. It had to deal with, with rendering graphics. And they'd been talking for about 15 minutes about this. Mm. And then someone from another table kind of came over and said, excuse me, I overheard you talking. Yeah, exactly. I know a little bit about this. Do you mind if I sit down? Yeah, 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 yes. Sure, sit down. And it yes. turned out this guy knew a lot. <laughs> and, and the three of them started a company together. Oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Yes, yes. So it's, it's that kind of openness is what yes, you're after? Yes, yes. Maybe the train phone call thing is not really related to that. But yes. well, no, it is, I think. I, I think it is. I, I, I think I know what you're saying. There, there is a, a closeness that maybe... Yeah, closed, uh, just like insurance. <laughs> or maybe not closeness, there's a, a formality. Formality, right. That, that prevents people from just opening up and sharing ideas. Right, 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 right. That. In the elevator, you're not supposed to talk just like that. <laughs> right, right. And you're certainly not supposed to walk over to someone else's table in a restaurant. <laughs> and... Yes, unless you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, I think that's a great answer. I mean, the ability to express yourself and to put your ideas out there without fear of, of being criticized or yeah, told to be yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah. It's a, just a little bit more noisy, right? It doesn't really hurt. Yeah, it's a little more noisy, a little more social interactions, but that's a good thing. Right. Excellent. Well, Kazi... Thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And we're back. The idea of being able to insure expensive items like cameras or guitars for a few hours might really transform insurance. It won't change their current book of business much. Property insurance, life insurance, health insurance. These are things you want continuous coverage of. However, here we have a case of new technology being used to create new transformative products. The reason you can't insure your camera only for the duration of your trip, or your guitar only for the evening of your performance, has not been that the actuaries could not figure out how to make the math work. No, it's been because there's been no way to sell and administer these policies affordably. Now that there is we will start to see more and more of these new targeted products coming onto the market. In fact, we're already seeing this in auto insurance, 
where onboard electronics share information with the insurance companies and consumers only pay for coverage while they're driving and at a rate determined by their actual driving habits. I was impressed that Japan's FSA actually is trying to encourage innovation in insurance and that they've developed streamlined processes for smaller companies and startups to be able to introduce new products. One of the most innovative ideas in Justin Case's model, however, is the small peer-to-peer insurance pools. Now, these aren't insurance pools in the traditional sense of the word, since the risk is still spread over all of Justin Case's customers, and that's how the base rate is calculated. However, tying the no-claims discounts to the behavior of small groups of 10 friends will certainly reduce the number of claims that are made. In fact, it might reduce them more than Kazi is letting on. The success of this whole business strategy depends on a rather delicate balance. I think a lot of people would decide not to file a $60 claim because it would not be worth the trouble of annoying nine of your friends and causing them to pay more for insurance. The apologies you would have to make to all of your friends and the -the behind-the-back gossip incurred would just not be worth it. In the short run, this reduces the number of claims made. But in the long run, there's a real risk of the strategy backfiring and having people refuse to participate in these small private pools specifically because of the additional social pressures that they will involve. Either way, It's going to be very interesting to see how all of this works out for the insurance industry over the next five years. If you've got a story about insurance, or social pressures for that matter, Kazi and I would love to hear from you. So come by DisruptingJapan.com slash show 118. And when you come by, you'll see all the links and notes that Kazi and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And hey, you know, Disrupting Japan is looking for a social media intern. You'll help us make a greater impact in Japan and with Japanese startups. And you'll get to connect with some of the most amazing people in Japan and help build the skills you'll need to grow your own startup. Native or near-native Japanese fluency is a must here. So if this sounds like a challenge you'd be up for, send me an email at tim at disruptingjapan.com and we'll talk about it. And most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.